Hello and welcome to the Hoopstradamus podcast. I am Adam Shalafu and we have a special guest today, Matt from Purple Bison. Uh, Matt, happy to have you on the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Uh, before we get into it, why don't you tell people a little bit about, uh, you have a website, you're out here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, and you really have a big passion for the teams in this area and also the professional sports teams in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a Fargo native. Um, just have a unique, I just love the Fargo and just North Dakota area. Um, and also I grew up watching sports. I love, you know, talking about it, photographing it, writing about it. So it's just kind of a, it, it bore out of that. It's a, it's a passion project and, yeah, I, Purple Eyes in Sports, so it's good. And how long have you been uh, running the site and the Twitter account and all that? Yeah, so it, the idea kind of came to me about six and a half years ago. So it's been a it's been a grind, but keep growing and keep getting better. So can't trust, complain. Yeah. Trust the process, as they say. <laughs> That's what Philly would say. Yes. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll be talking a lot of Timberwolves today. And uh, we, we kind of messaged a little bit about some of it. And so uh, we're going to start right away. Uh, as a Timberwolves fan, and you've probably been a fan since like their inception about, eh? You know? You know, yeah. Like I, I, the Vikings are my main team. But as far as basketball goes, I'm definitely not old enough to be a Lakers fan. So yeah, okay. it's, 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 yeah. it's, Timber, it's Timberwolves. All right. So let's start with. Give me your all-time uh, Timberwolves team. And so give me five players and, you know, take as much creative license if, as you want on uh, how you do it. If you want to have it, you know, three forwards or traditional NBA all-star <laughs> stuff where you have your traditional center. But your uh, five Timberwolves and then give me a sixth man. Okay. Well, I mean, Kevin Garnett is the A number one. I mean – Unfortunately, he didn't finish in Minnesota, didn't bring home a trophy, but uh, I mean, that's the man for, from this organization. He is still the guy. Um, so he's number one, Kevin, and then Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns. He's number two. Um, some might disagree with it, but I would also have to say Kevin Love as a, sure. as a third person. Um, you know, point guard. I mean, that's a, that's a rough history. Uh, I mean, Sam Cassell, some might say, just because he was instrumental in the 0304 team. But I'm a Rubio guy at heart. Okay. I love, the, I love his game. Um, so I would probably give Rubio the edge. And then the fifth man. Oh, boy. I mean, he's only been here for two years. But, man, Anthony Edwards has done as much as he could in two years. So. He might not be there quite yet, like for everybody, but he's definitely on trajectory to be a top five, like all time Timberwolf. Honestly, he'd be on my team <laughs> too. And, uh, you know, that's the fun thing about these is there's no wrong answers. Yeah. Um, so you got Rubio at the point, Ant Man at the shooting guard, and then 
I believe Kevin Garnett played small forward his rookie year, but you could also put Carl Anthony Towns there. So I mean, how, how are you doing the front court? It would be a, it would be a huge lineup, no doubt. But I mean, if you get Kevin on the post and then Love and Towns like on the wings, shooting threes, I mean, you could you could work with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so, especially with how athletic and quick um, the Cat and KG. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't like call them similar beasts, but both have very, very good feet for uh big men. And you probably don't have a Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> with you know the collective basketball evolution, a guy like Kevin Garnett, uh, who is in a lot of ways kind of ahead of his time. Uh-huh. And I had a Kevin Garnett jersey growing up too, there you go. so it was always like somebody had to be really, really, really good. If my dad was going to buy me a Jersey that wasn't Chicago bulls. And so the two that he purchased for me uh, that weren't bulls over the years were Iverson and Garnett. So a pretty elite company. And KG is from Chicago, isn't he? Uh, So I believe he's like from South Carolina, but he went to Farragut uh, senior year of high school. And so, uh, and he credits that with helping him kind of develop that toughness Mm. And, you know, he's just one of the scariest players of all time. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Give me a six man. Oh, boy. Um, I guess, I I mean, let's give a shout out to Latrell Sprewell. All right. Let's let's, let's go there. Yeah, that's a good fit for your team, too. Yeah. Really good defender. And then... uh, Definitely kind of brings an edge. Your your Pat Beverly piece, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So I have a feeling this is pretty much going to be a lot of these same guys. You said KG's your number one. Um, so round out. You know, don't even worry about positions. Obviously, round out. Who's your the rest of your top five Timberwolves all time? I mean, I think I would pretty much go with. The, the five-man lineup, like Garnett, Love, Towns, Rubio, and Edwards. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah. And it, it's always fun to kind of do these because I, th- I think the Timberwolves' first year in the league was like 1988. You can do this with some teams and you're you got to go all the way back to the 60s. Uh-huh. You know, and then you can do it with like the Pelicans and you're like, by default, Zion Williamson <laughs> is probably on the roster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some of some of the young teams have had such thin year, so many thin years that it's yeah, it can be hard picking. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into the present day. Uh, okay. And I got to say, you know, kind of coming into last year, I looked at the roster. And I was like, huh this could work. And I remember it was a bulls Timberwolves game. Uh, not this past season, the one before where I want to say it went to like two overtimes and it was right at the beginning of the Chris Finch era. And I'm like, Oh, these guys are different now, you know? Um, and so as a Timberwolves fan, what, what is your impression on last year and going off that? What have your impressions been on uh, Finch as a coach? well I'll start with Finch um I mean it was it was definitely a curveball that Gerson Rosas threw everybody when he 
moved from Ryan Sanders straight into Chris Finch um, in season. You don't see that very often where new coaches are hired and installed like mid season. Right. Um, but it through like a season and a half, he's definitely proven the former GM to have picked the right guy. Um, yeah. I, I like, I, yeah, I would just leave it. I mean, yeah, I think Chris Finch is the right man for the team. And like, now we'll have Rudy Gobert and we'll see what they can do with that guy. So yeah, make it even easier. And me and you, uh, I know from social media, we both liked that trade. And I remember listening to the uh, sports radio that day, just driving around and a lot of people really didn't like it. I believe ESPN graded the trade a D for the Timberwolves. (laughs) I was a little surprised by that. Uh, What was your reaction to the trade? Well, I mean, East coast bias will always kind of downgrade the Midwest, but uh, no, I like, it is a lot to give up. I mean, nine, potentially 10 players for one guy. Yes. That, I mean, there's no question that that is an, a crazy amount of resources to hand over. Like Jared Vanderbilt, very good role player for the Wolves. I mean, Pat Beverly, I was hoping to get one more year with him and Edwards to help him help Edwards get some of that edge um, to his game. But I mean, if they're picking 25, 26, 27, maybe 30, like <laughs> then, you know, that those picks, that doesn't hurt that much. Um, they didn't have to give up Jaden McDaniels, who in a couple of years could be a top five Timberwolf all time. Like he, he came out, especially in the playoffs and really showed some things that we haven't seen. So it, uh, yeah, like I, I was very happy to pair the most accomplished defensive player of the last what decade with one of the best players, not yet of legal drinking age and the three point shooting champion of the past NBA all-star break. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's a good point. And I do really like McDaniels. And um, one thing that kind of stood out to me about the move was kind of a sneaky move they did before. uh, But I really like the Kyle Anderson pickup. Yeah. Because now I don't know who's going to start at the small forward spot, if it's going to be McDaniels or Anderson, but um, I would say McDaniels probably a better three point shooter, probably more athletic. Uh, but Kyle Anderson, like sneaky, good athlete. He's kind of slow. They call him slow motion <laughs> slow for a mo. reason, you know, slow mo. uh, but really good passer. He can guard the other team's best player. And that kind of takes some pressure off. Uh, Cause it is like really unconventional when you look at the way the wolves were using Edwards at the small forward spot last year, but it was kind of this three guard offense. Now they get substantially bigger, whether you go McDaniels or, um, or um, Anderson at the three. And then obviously you're, well, it's looking like D is going to be back at this point, but then D uh and Edwards. But I really like that Anderson pickup because it's just another piece that adds more stability on the defensive end. And I kind of look at that Memphis series as a chess match and they were able to expose the weaknesses for this Timberwolves team. And I think that the Timberwolves and especially uh, Connolly, 
they've done a great job kind of like shoring up some of those weaknesses. And I think they addressed a lot of them through Anderson and then later uh, through the Gobert trade. Yes. And then they also, I mean, people don't necessarily always think of it this way, but when you acquire a Rudy Gobert, I mean, you're also going to get more attention from veterans who are like, Oh, okay. I'll consider Minnesota now. Like where they would be like, no, you you couldn't pay me enough to go up there. So, that, and I think was Bryn Forbes was the first example of that, where I mean he was a forty one percent three point shooter last season, signed for like the veteran minimum. I mean, add a couple of those guys along with Gobert to help replace Beverly and Vanderbilt and like all the guys that were here and are not now. I mean that like that can help a lot. Yeah, I think so. And it, it, I'm being a Chicago guy. Like I love Pat Beverly. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but the guy's a little nuts, you know, like he was kind of a double-edged sword. He is the quint- he's the quintessential guy where it's like, you like him if he's on your team. And if he's not, you just don't want to hear about him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to get his rebounds. He's going to get his steals. He's even going to get some blocks. He's going to get some techs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Malik Beasley. So, you know, I, I lived in Colorado for a while and I, the Nuggets uh, are like my secondary team. Um, I got so much family out there. I feel like I can kind of glob onto them, you know. Uh, but I remember the Beasley trade initially, like going way back when he got sent to Washington. And I'm like, why did they do this? But, you know, there's some off the court concerns you know he uh, got in trouble having a gun um and so it's like i wonder if that's a bit of a locker room thing because that guy is and this is pure speculation but that guy's a really talented shooter but i like that the timberwolves got rid of maybe some potential knuckleheads (laughs) (laughs) yeah some unpredictable personalities Yeah. yeah yeah And Latrell Sprewell isn't walking through that door anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we're kind of looking at this team with the Twin Towers, and I like that because, you know, Boston just came out of the East. How do you see it all coming together uh, with the Twin Towers and the Twin Cities? Yeah, oh, I like that, Twin Towers and Twin Cities. Um, you know, it – I mean, no, like, no one knows. Truthfully, I mean, we're all speculating. We're all wondering because, I mean, Towns has played with no one, no one anywhere near the capabilities of Rudy Gobert. Right. I mean, it's it's going to be a first time experience for what the eight, eight and 10 year veterans like so. And really, like the league has moved so small that. I mean, if if Finch and the coaching staff are able to devise the ways to make the other teams have to deal with them instead of the Timberwolves have to deal with the other teams going small, then it could be really successful. Um, that, but it remains to be seen. Like it's, I'm not a coach, obviously. So, it, you know, I'm not sure exactly all the things that they're doing in the lab right now, but God, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like what you said there. I'm not a coach, you know, cause like 
it's so easy for us to speculate. Um, the way I do think it could work, like in a best case scenario, is Carl uh, Anthony Towns, like we were saying earlier, like really good feet. And you put him at the power forward. Here's where I think it makes them better offensively and defensively. Defensively, you look at what the Grizzlies were able to do. They just bullied Towns. They got him into foul trouble. They kept him off the glass. And now, hey, don't worry about it. Let the seven foot two Frenchman with the seven foot nine wingspan worry about, you know, locking down the paint. Right. I think that it makes it so you can't really like straight up go attack Cat where he's weak uh, comparatively because he's like not necessarily an elite rim protector. Um, is he going to be able to be quick enough on the perimeter? That's yet to be seen. Uh, but I like that you kind of take some of that pressure off him. And then indirectly, it's almost like a boxing match where no more body punches. You know, now this guy's not worn down in the later rounds because he's not constantly getting attacked. And I'm hoping that for the Timberwolves, it makes it so he can be more fresh in the fourth quarter because he's not taking all that abuse from the other team's center. Um, and so I'm interested to see how that kind of pans out. And then on the offensive end, now you got a second chance opportunity guy and you allow Cat to stay on the perimeter. Uh, I think he shot right around 41% last year. As you mentioned, he was the three-point shootout champion. And now you have some ch- second chance opportunities, ideally uh, with Rudy Gobert. And that's also like Carl Anthony Towns. He's got the ball handling ability to... In theory, you could have the biggest pick and roll in basketball, you yeah. know, between those two. And so I think it opens up a lot. Uh, the X factor for me is how much does Cat have in terms of guard skills? Because obviously, obviously he's a seven footer, uh, but I think we've seen like he slashes better than a lot of guys his size. Uh, he's obviously an elite shooter. And so it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Dallas Mavericks circa 2011, where you have, you know, Tyson Chandler, who at the time was, I think the next season he'd become the defensive player of the year. And then you let you have the elite shooting uh, seven footer as well. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's <clears throat> no, I hadn't thought of that. That's, that's a fair comparison, like to what Minnesota may be able to be. I mean, one of the, recurring themes this past season was towns picking up stupid fouls. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the not having to defend the same types of guys might help uh, prevent some of those things so that he can be fresh and he can be available late in fourth quarters of big games. Yeah. And, uh, it's it, obviously that was like the big move. I'm pulling up their roster right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what other, do you think there's anything else that they need to address this off season? Or do you think they're like pretty much ready to roll? Yeah. It, like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for, cause I think they're at 12 guys right now. Um, so I would expect that one or two, probably two more, sort of veteran minimum type guys will get signed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they keep the 15th spot open 
just for the flexibility of it. Um, sure. Who like who those players might be? I I I couldn't tell you, frankly. Sorry about that. Oh no, I mean that's <laughs> we're not we're not GMs either. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell? Well, uh, you know, I, for the since he got benched for Jordan McLaughlin. I was kind of on the train of just get this guy out of here. Now it's shifted where, okay, he's on one year deal. Maybe that'll mean he'll be more consistent, be more productive, uh, be a better effort guy on the defensive end. And if he's the same player he was this year, well, then they get 30 plus million dollars freed up next season and they'll be able to add even better players potentially to go with their remaining core. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think he's like, he's fine. He's going to knock know, he, down shots. He's a good he's, passer. He, he's a good player. I mean, it like he was an all-star one year, which I don't, I don't want to forget, but like, I don't really remember anything about that Brooklyn team. So it's yeah, but he was an all-star once. So technically Minnesota has, three all-star guys plus another one who could probably will be eventually. Yeah. So, and I don't know, a lot of NBA teams can't say that. So. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario kind of leads us into the uh, next topic here, ceilings and basements, but yet Mm. I think best case scenario you have, and this is absolute best. You have four all-stars. Yeah. Um, But I think more than likely like Gobert, Towns, and Edwards, I kind of expect them almost all to be all-stars. Those, yeah. I mean, I would say at like Towns and Gobert, fair, fair to assume, even though they kind of play the same position, like they'll probably be in the all-star game. Edwards as a guard, it'll depend on the health of like Clay Thompson and Curry and sure Donovan Mitchell, but yeah, he. I mean, he's he's on the level of consideration for sure. Yeah, I uh, just see so much potential. I think like there's certain things that aren't like that teachable, and one is like just instincts in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy's so strong in the core and is able to adjust among the like very elite company. You know. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, the easy comp he always gets is uh, Dwayne Wade, both you know Tom Crean guys, uh, but I think he's a little stronger than Wade was at this point in Wade's career. And Wade was obviously pretty strong, but like Ant Man is like he's jacked. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean I definitely remember the Dwayne Wade Shaq Heat team, where I mean those two were pretty much unstoppable. I don't. I can't say I remember Wade having the same sort of lift that Edwards has repeatedly shown he has. So he, I mean, that's a Hall of Famer, but Edwards could exceed that. Like, yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got that kind of potential. It's, it's yes. scary to think about. <laughs> no, he like, there's a lot of people who like uh, LaMelo Ball and he's done well in Charlotte, but the Timberwolves got the better guy in my opinion. I would agree with you there. Like they're both really good, both very different, but yeah, I think Edwards is, I, I don't know. I mean, 
<laughs> I don't have to think that hard about it, I guess. Like, no disrespect to LeBron, no, but Edwards yeah. is definitely the better player in my eyes. Um, so what do you think uh, is the team's like basement? Let's say every, let's say the year is a disaster. Like what's the worst case scenario? Well, I mean, worst case scenario would be like the, the three main guys all getting season ending injuries in the first game of the season. And they end up with like 13 wins again. <laughs> um, that, you know, there's a lot of shot and Freude with the Tim rules fans where that's the worst case scenario, but more likely is I mean guys will get twisted ankles will get miss some games and they would win 35 to 40 I mean that would I would say that's a more likely floor for this roster Mm -hmm. um ceiling 55 58 yeah I mean I want to say 60 but I don't know if I want to go crazy that much like yeah it, it, that makes me curious. I'm going to look up quickly the most wins in season history because I'm fairly – yeah, so the most wins, they got 58 wins in 2003-2004. Uh, um, yeah. But, yeah, last year's team, uh, and really since Finch kind of took over, like they're playing with more pace than they ever have. Uh, last year they had their highest offensive rating of all time. Um 46 and 36 under Finch last season. Um, so I, I do think that they're just kind of like headed in the right direction. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to kind of maintain that pace because Gobert in theory could slow them down a little bit. But when Anthony Edwards is uh, in Edwards, inevitably is going to be more of a focal point is his career uh, continues to develop. But by default, you're going to be a team that's going to play quick. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the move with Gobert, even like they will try to go fast with Edwards. Um, but Russell is, is more of a pace guy. So him and Gobert playing like some lob game will, will work uh, when they want to go slow. Yeah. So I think, I think they'll be able to mix up their own tempos pretty well depending on who they have on the floor at any given moment yeah yeah i think a big x factor in today's league is what matchup problems can you present to your opponent Mm -hmm. and i mean you just look at what the golden state warriors have done not just this year but you know like i always credit steve kerr with the genius to bench at the time like a star and david lee like, hey, Draymond Green's going to be our power forward. And then it creates all these problems. And so um, I think it's interesting with the Timberwolves. I'm looking at the Boston Celtics because, like, this is – that team obviously just went to the finals, but that team presented a riddle like it was a Batman movie to the rest of the league, said, hey, Robert Williams, Al Horford, what are you going to do about this? Because yeah. Horford has a lot of the same skills as Towns. Like he's a good passer. He's a good shooter. He's, he's a rebound steals blocks guy. Uh, I, he's not the defender necessarily Horford is, but he's got the potential to be. And I'm wondering if indirectly he becomes a better defender because he's like defense is such a team stat that when you bring in a guy like Gobert, it makes it easier on Towns. And so, um, like you said, we really, it's all speculation, but I just see from a matchup standpoint, they're going to be able to 
really get creative. They're going to be able to get funky. There's going to be times when they're, I mean, I think they're clearly going to start together, but there's also going to be times when, you know, it'll be Gobert with Rudy. Uh, I'm sorry, Gobert with a uh, cat on the bench and vice versa. Cat on the, in at the five Rudy on the bench. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll be able to do all sorts of things to kind of tease out the opposing defense. Uh, I would say, yeah, basement. I'd be shocked if this team didn't get at least 35 wins. Like, and that's with injuries and going really bad. Uh, I expect them to be around that like 50 win mark ceiling. I honestly feel like this team could, I'm not saying will, but they could be like a conference finals team. And when I look at the West, assuming health, uh, there's just not that many teams I see as being better on paper than the Timberwolves. Um, I know I just said assuming health, but like I look at a team like the Denver Nuggets who, yeah, if Michael Porter Jr. plays, then, you know, and Jamal Murray is healthy now, um, probably around that same territory, but I don't expect Michael Porter Jr. to be healthy. So I think they're better than a team like the Timberwolves. I think they're better than a team like the Jazz right now. I think there's a lot of question marks there. Uh, I don't know what the Mavericks are going to look like with the addition of Christian Wood, but that's kind of where I'm getting into that, like, top four, top five teams in the West. And it's a short list of teams I feel confident in saying are better than the Timberwolves right now. Suns are better. The Grizzlies are better, but it's close. Right. The Warriors are the best team in basketball. I think the Clippers are going to be right back where they should be um, with a healthy Kawhi, Paul George, et cetera. Uh, we'll see what John Wall has left in the tank. Yeah. But then you kind of look at there and there's a chance like, Timberwolves fans should be rooting for home court advantage, not necessarily a one seed, but a four seed. Right. No, I think, yeah, I think that's a, that would be a fair, a fair thing to hope for. I mean, give them a few, like maybe 10 games, like, and we'll see where we're at. But no, I think, I think they're definitely a threat that, I mean, and that would be why, some veteran type players would want to sign in Minnesota for, I mean, the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. So it, yeah. Who knows? It could be the best Timberwolves team uh, ever. Well, it could we be. We just don't know. We I mean, just they've don't only, know. Like, they, they only been to the Western Conference finals one time. So like, yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, there's just, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of good history with that, with this franchise. So yeah, the, the future is about as bright as it could be, but yeah, that's just the past. So, yeah. Well, I think that should just about do it for us. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up here? <laughs> no, I think, yeah, no, I pretty much got everything I was thinking about. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Once again, thank you for the opportunity to come on and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you on. And uh, before I let you go, where can people find your work online? Yeah, so Purple Bison, B-I-Z-O-N, sports.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, do a lot of different things on all the different platforms. So check us out. Check me out. All right. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you all for listening. This has been uh, the Hoopstradamus podcast, full off-season check-in with the Timberwolves. We'll see you next time.